drinker of whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, documentary filmmaker works, uh, yeah, podcast host, fire, dance, dances with fire. That fire would be my Indian dancer. name Fuck if you yeah. wanted to say dances with fire. That was Angela Tabora. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from bartenders, photographers, doctors, and other San Franciscans telling stories and responding to the question, what is it about this place? This is season two, episode nine, part one. Ange, as she's known to her friends, moved to San Francisco to go to college at SF State. After moving around her first couple of years, she needed a quieter place to stay and focus on graduating. That's how she ended up at Morehouse. Here's Ange. So uh, it all started in 99. I moved to San Francisco to go to college at San Francisco State. And uh, having known very little about the city, I remember the summer before I moved, I was out partying with friends, kind of saying my goodbyes. And I remember somebody told me like, oh, aren't there a lot of gay people in San Francisco? And I remember being like, I don't know. Sure, I don't know, whatever. You know, like I, I literally knew nothing about San Francisco other than... Yeah, good. Where were you? I was, I'm from L.A. And West L.A. It's not like I was from the burbs. Yeah. Like, I saw some shit, you know, but it but it definitely is not San Francisco. We'll put it like that. Especially West L.A. You know, it's very much one kind of thing. But I moved up here because it was the furthest away I can go without leaving the state. And I was lazy. So I got good grades, but I was lazy. So I didn't want to have to write an essay or whatever. So I only filed. I only applied for state schools. And I got into San Francisco, and I was like, perfect, let's do it. Um, and I came in 99, started San Francisco State, and I really felt like the city just embraced me. It, it hugged me. It was like, here you go, child, experience the world. I just, the first time I tried sushi, I mean, I was the last of five children in a very working class family, so I didn't try a lot of different foods. I, I wasn't hip to all this stuff, and, and all of a sudden, I just like, the world is my oyster. And it was uh, eye-opening, and uh, the exploration that happened in those first few years was just, like, bountiful. (laughs) Where did you live, first off? Okay, well, this is funny. Uh, San Francisco State, if you don't know, is a very big commuter school. So it's not big on, you live on campus, and they're very, no, not at all. So I didn't get into the dorms. My best friend, who was also going to the school, did because she was on the volleyball team. All of a sudden, my dad had to scrounge to find a place for me to live. And this is pre-internet. I mean, there was internet, but it wasn't what it is today. So he found, thankfully, in Daly City, right by the Daly City BART, a studio apartment in the back of this Filipino couple's home, which is probably why I got the in, let's be honest. (laughs) And uh, I believe it was like $6.50 a month for my own studio. So I went from being in a huge family. At one point, there was nine people living in a four-bedroom home. I was sharing a bedroom with my parents and my two sisters at one point in my life, right? So I went from that to all of a sudden, I have my own studio apartment. And I remember my dad gave me an ATM card, and I was like, what's this? You know, I was like, holy shit. And you would, you would think that'd be really exciting, but for me, my, that first night was really hard. I, I teared up, and I was like, oh my God, what is silence? You know? Did they, like, drive you up here? Like, how they did drove it? me up. They, and actually, my dad teared up as he was leaving, and that also, I was just like, okay, well, there you go. So it was it's hard. His, it's his last kid. 
Yeah, right? his I baby, mean, and and also he wasn't leaving me. He only had one other daughter that went off to college, and she went to Berkeley and was dropped off in the dorms. And it's like, okay, she's in his school, but here I am in this studio in the middle of a city that he has no idea what it's like, and um, it's scary. It's scary for sure. And granted, I was—he didn't even know how much trouble I was getting into, so he was validly scared. <laughs> Let's be honest. Quick but, shout out um, to Tony Tabora who just yeah. celebrated 80 years on this Big earth. Big T, 80 awesome. years. Yeah. He's uh, an example to us all. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. Example so, of something. We're not sure. <laughs> yeah, he's an example. I, w- I didn't say positive. I mean, come on. Um, so, yeah, I went to school in San Francisco State and I quickly learned that I wanted to be part of the Becca program, the Broadcasting and Electronic Communication Arts. And I was really interested in video video production and, and things like that did uh, you have any background like from bef- from high school or before in your life are you of kidding doing anything like that are you kidding i went to an all-girls catholic high school we didn't get to do any fun shit are you kidding so me? you're like here's all these toys and yeah I can do cool and shit. i was so pissed because i would talk to people in college that went to public schools and they had been running their schools news news crew right. and and doing all these fun things and i was like i had religion class for 12 years of my life and I swear to God my sophomore year was all about STDs that's what the nuns taught us like well and then there's syphilis and it's just like this is fucking bullshit I could be learning real life skills right now shout out to Notre Dame Academy in West LA anyway uh, I knew nothing I, I only knew we had a camera we had a video camera as a family and I it was mine Basically, like a, the birth of my first nephew. I was filming. I was interviewing everybody. I was 12 at the time, but I was always drawn to that. I was yeah. always drawn to having a camera and, and filming things. And it was there. It was there. It was there. I just didn't have an outlet. Yeah. So, uh, my junior year of college, uh, I was living with three of my best friends, and our house was just like the fucking party house. We were living in the outer sun, or outer sunset, 20th and Terrible. We had a pool table in the garage courtesy of Salvation Army, $200. We went for a couch, we left with a pool table, uh, and we would just have keggers. I had a lot of friends that were in bands, they would come play, and we were just partying so hard. The bands would play at your house? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'd have huge bands and and a fire in the backyard and pool, playing pool and just kegs, and and our neighbors were amazing. They never called the cops on us. <laughs> the fact that you lived there more than like a week is yeah. testament to your neighbors. It was cool. yeah, it was a really great moment in time, but also it was it was a lot. And and I think that collectively as a group of friends we realized we can't live together anymore. <laughs> like it was too much. So after that one year of just like intense partying and we were like, Okay, we're gonna part ways if we need if we're gonna stay friends and if we're gonna keep going to school and graduate <laughs> so at that point I was like okay I had only lived in South San Francisco so I was like I'm gonna live in the city if I'm gonna find a new place to live so I was uh, doing interviews and uh, there was this one place I had only done like three different interviews for rooms for rent and there was this one place in the lower hate that really caught my eye it was a huge Victorian one of those ones that had been split into two at one point two flats and now it was back into one so in total, I would have, there would be 12 people living in this house, including myself. And I went in for the interview, and it was this older gentleman, and, and we were sitting in the living room, and he's like, yeah, so, you know, there's 11 of us that live here, all age ranges, everything from, you know, 20 to 50-something. And he's like, five days a week, we all have dinner together. That's included as part of your rent. 
And I was just like, what? This is incredible. Seven fifty for everything, my room, PG&E, water, and five meals a day. And the kicker... Wait, five meals a day or five meals oh, a no, week? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Five meals a week. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> The overeater house. I would love five meals a day, Jesus. Uh, and the kicker was there was a hot tub in the backyard, and this was like an incredibly manicured backyard. Just plants. Was this interview was it like so much more than what the Craigslist ads? Like, what did the Craigslist ads say? Was it, or were you just like looking at the number, the rent? Well, I knew that you know my parents were still paying my rent. I was still in school, so I knew that I had to reach a certain amount. But I don't even remember the ads so much as I did the price and the location. Yeah. Lower hate. Yeah. I mean, fuck yeah, you know, I want to I want to live in the heart of the city. You knew the city enough to know lo- you wanted mm-hmm. to be in the I have fake ID. I yeah. knew what was going on. <laughs> I knew which bars I liked and which neighborhoods. Some of them still there. Exactly. Some of them. Exactly. Um, so I went in for the interview and he's like, okay, I think you sound like a good fit, but you have to come. I, I want to invite you to dinner so you can meet all of the roommates. And I was like, uh, free meal sold, you know, fucking college student. So I show up for dinner and, and like he said, it was this wide array, all ages, colors, creeds. Everybody sits and has this fucking amazing meal. This is no KFC. This is like baked chicken or living there. I had my first rack of lamb. Wow. It was three course meals, salad, nice bread, vegetables, and a protein of some sort. So I was just like, please accept me. <laughs> I don't want to eat ramen anymore. So, um, yeah, they accept me and I I move in. And this is the start of my senior year of college. And um, it took about six to eight months of living there that uh, I was I was in the hot tub like basically every day. And uh, as you as you do. And uh, this one time, one of my roommates, Denise, she was in her mid 30s at the time, which to me was like ancient. I'm, I'm older than that now, I'll say. But like, I'm like, oh, my God, she was 35. What the fuck? She was so old to me. She comes out to the backyard. It's nighttime. I'm in the hot tub. And she's like, so do you mind if I get naked? And I was like, yeah, whatever. It's your home. I don't care. Whatever. So she gets naked and she sits in the hot tub and she's like, so, do you know that we all do each other? <laughs> and I've been living here for like eight months, right? And I just like, uh, I'm not stoned enough for this conversation. Um, I'm just like sitting there like, I did not know. <laughs> Please elaborate, you know? Or you're like, like, do what? Yeah, do each other. This is the phrasing she used. It's very important. They call it doing. And... Uh, she explains that half of my my roommates, you know, six. Rough, roughly six to eight. Uh, I'm trying to do the math in my head, but I've had a few. Roughly six to eight of my roommates are part of this, essentially a sex commune called Morehouse. And the rest of us are just renters, you know, that are just looking for a room and, and whatever. So Subsidizing the doing. Exactly. Oh. Or doing. <laughs> well. We'll get to the invitations sure. later, but um, yeah, she's like, you know, it's just we we've lived like this for some years now, and blah blah blah. And I'm just sitting there like, what? Huh? What? Excuse me, what? And um, I have to explain that, like, in the interim, I was taking this documentary class, and our final uh, project was to pitch a documentary that we would like to make. And the top two pitches would be funded by the school. So this is a big deal, you know, but but I really... Um, so like I group, group projects? 
And the be- the two best. No, not oh. group. Everyone would pitch their own individual oh, wow. documentary. That was kind of like our final paper. Okay. And um, and of course, in my head, I'm like, oh, what could I do? What could I do? I'm like living with a sex commune. And yeah. I mean, meanwhile, I'm like, oh, what could I ever do? Documentary what could I do? On. What could I do? <laughs> oh, well played, sir. Who could I Who do? could I do this on? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, I find this out and I'm just like, I can't even, I was so shocked. Yeah, let's because go back these are to old that moment. To let's me, go back to that right? moment in the hot tub. Yeah, these are old people. Yeah, you're 21, 20. 22, I believe, 22. or uh, 21 still maybe, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, these are old people to me. I don't think of old people having sex, you know? Like I'm like, whoa, you guys have like white hair and I'm like, what? Sex? I don't know. I'm very, you know, I'm still learning. I'm a child. Um, and so she explains that they're part of this commune and the original home is in Lafayette. So the one that I was living in in San Francisco was a, was an offset of that. They, they call themselves the fringe house. So they took uh, the practices of this main home, kept the ones that they liked, but would prefer to live amongst the locals, <laughs> the common folk, you know? Um and I was just blown away. And I was like, so who's part of this? And she like basically names all my roommates, including June, who's 80. And her, uh, Rocco, who's her man, who's like in his 50s, I think, or maybe 60s at the oldest. And I was just like, June is part of the same. <laughs> Everything. I'm just like, oh, my God. What about the guy who interviewed you? Was he? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The owner of the home, Dave. Yep. Yep. Another funny side note about Dave was uh, after I moved in there. He said that um, someone called for the room that I wanted to rent. Someone called and was like, are you 420 friendly? And he goes, what's that? And they hung up. <laughs> I mean, he's a stoner. I mean, they're fucking 60s commune kids. Like, he's, and he's like, so what does 420 friendly mean? And I was like, oh, I was like, do you smoke weed? And he's like, oh, well, of course. You know, it's, it's just so funny. I mean, they just don't judge a book, right? I mean, do not judge a book. And uh, that was a, my first big lesson uh, of living with the Morehouse commune um and and so i'm in this documentary class and uh i decide that i want to pitch doing a documentary on them because i'm just like obviously i want to learn more about them and what a better way than to have the school funded and to have me do this documentary um and unbeknownst to you it was right there in the house you live in like you said it, eight months you were there yeah Six, eight i was there for a long time yeah, yeah and you're it like, was the end of my senior year of school yeah so um so I, I, I write up this pitch, and it gets chosen. It gets chosen to be made. But I, I have to side note that I didn't tell my roommates that I was pitching a documentary on them because I, I really didn't believe that I would get picked. I just I wanted to have a good pitch, right? But it gets picked up, and I was like, oh, shit, now I have to ask them if, if it's okay <laughs> with them, which is not, not everybody would be okay with that, right? At the dinner table, maybe? <laughs> I did it one-on-one, actually. I had, like, little one-on-one conversations with people because I, it, if not all of them wanted to be in it, that's fine, sure. you know, and, right, right, and not right. all of them were, and that's fine. Right. Um, but so I get picked, I, I get chosen, but it's also my senior year of school. So I was like, well, fuck, I guess I had to go to school for one more semester. And thankfully, my parents were very supportive of that. Um, and... I asked, and, and they were cool, so we got a green light. So I'm like, okay, now I'm doing a documentary on this sex commune that I live with. That was Angela Tabor. Check back Thursday when Angela will go into more detail about her time at Morehouse. 
including the documentary movie she made about it. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on everything we do. Seasons 1 and 2 of the podcast are up on our website, storiedsf.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and rate and review the show. Send comments or suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.